Hey there, and welcome to the podcast for this Friday, February the 19th. Coming up, the Canadian housing market setting a record in January, up 35% from last year. Plus, Kelly Keene, best-selling author and personal finance educator, talks about her brand new book and how COVID has affected your money. And the stay-at-home order extended in Toronto and Peel, along with North Bay. All of that coming up right now on the pod. And if you're just tuning in, the breaking news in this Friday afternoon, Toronto and Peel both to remain in lockdown until March the 9th. That, according to a press release just issued by the Ontario government, we'll get the official word and the press conference coming up at 2 o'clock. You'll hear it right here on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. In the meantime, a record setter yet again when it comes to uh, housing sales here in the city of Toronto. And for more on that, we're joined now by Tom Story, who is with Royal LePage. He joins us here on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Tom, good afternoon. Hey, thanks so much for having me on. Well, thanks for uh, joining us. Obviously not uh, good news forthcoming for small business owners uh, here in uh, Toronto and Peel, but uh, good news for real estate uh, (laughs) types such as uh, yourself. Uh, Just how good was uh, January when it comes to uh, the housing market here? Well, remember, you know, last year in March or April when you're going on Amazon and trying to buy a webcam or a monitor because you're going to work from home and everything was sold out? That's kind of what the housing market is doing right now. And what's actually interesting is because I think everything is relative because, you know, it's interesting at the beginning you said, how good is it, right? And it's like everyone in the industry, this isn't fun for anybody. I got to tell you, like sellers that are exiting the market and cashing out, this is a perfect opportunity for them. But for everybody else, if you're moving up in the market or moving down, you still have to buy and sell. So any gains you're making are somewhat relative. But the overarching theme is there is just not a lot of inventory. There is not a lot of homes, and there's a lot of people looking for homes. Yeah, across the country in January, if I've got my facts straight here, up 35% year-to-year? Totally. And and what's really interesting is that if I look at my market in Toronto, our, uh, in fact, the new listings were actually up 20%, but sales that same time were up 50%. So this happens every year in January, inventory is low, but normally there's not this many buyers. That's the difference this year is the buyer pool is double or triple what it usually is. So Tom, what is that telling us about the so-called exodus from Toronto? Because we've been talking about this for the better part of a year now with the pandemic, that everybody's been uh, fleeing Toronto, it's a hot spot, and maybe living uh, downtown uh, you know, with millions of other people, not as attractive as it once was. I mean, does this kind of fly in the face of that? Somewhat. Um, At the very beginning, we were seeing this happen a lot. And one of the sayings we used to use was you would drive until you qualify. How far do you have to drive outside the city to get the house that you want, right? Um, But what's interesting right now is that the Toronto market uh, is, is always kind of the seller's market. And there's still lots of multiple offers going on. But it's nowhere near kind of the craziness that's happening in the in the suburb markets. Like if you look at just places just outside Toronto, whether it's Hamilton or Guelph or Milton, they're going way crazier than the actual city is right now. So I think at some point they might actually turn the car around and come back to the city because you're still getting more for your dollar the further you go. But Toronto's looking a little bit more attractive now than maybe it did eight months ago. All right. In a couple of months from now, I mean, this is when the housing market traditionally heats up, right? Is April, springtime, people get their houses looking good if they want to sell them. I mean, if we're doing this well this early in 2021, what are you forecasting for when the market traditionally heats up? Yeah, so when we look at what could happen for the spring market, I do believe that prices will still have the upwards trend. 
but I think there will be actually more to choose from because a lot of people right now are understanding where the values of homes are going and they're thinking, okay, great, that makes sense to go on the market in March or April, which will bring more inventory to the market, which we need. So every house might not get 10 offers, it might get three to five, but there'll be more to choose from. So I actually think it will be a good thing. Inventory is coming. It can't, it cannot last like this forever. Yeah, having said that, just how surprised are you that we're here, that uh, we're seeing a record setter in uh, January when it comes to uh, housing sales? Because, you know, there's so much uh, uncertainty. And again, we're just getting word here this afternoon that the lockdown will continue in Toronto and Peel for a couple of more weeks at least. That means a couple of more weeks of businesses remaining shut. And, of course, uh, a lot of employees not having a, a wor- workplace to go to. With so much uncertainty, are you kind of surprised and shocked at these housing numbers? I am. I did not see this coming. And I think if anybody told you they knew this was coming, they're lying. No one saw this coming. Um, You know, I I thought this year would be a good year, but I didn't think it would happen this quick. And when you talk about the lockdown and everything happening, I I understand fully that a lot of people have lost jobs or small businesses are going through a tough time right now. And on the flip side of things, a lot of other people have kept their jobs, are working from home. They're not spending money on travel, on transit, on dining out, on sports, movies, entertainment. The list goes on. So a lot of Canadians have actually saved in the last little bit. And when you're sitting at home, browsing homes is fun, and you kind of realize if you really love your space. But I don't think anybody saw this type of activity coming because it's not just one specific market. It's honestly North America-wide. Yeah, what just finally would your advice be to anybody who's looking to maybe uh, sell or buy a home right now? Because uh, you're absolutely right. I mean, those that are still uh, thankfully gainfully employed might have a little more income, some surplus income they normally don't have. But eventually, hopefully, you know, once the vaccine arrives and we're post-pandemic, those expenses are going to start to add up again, right? And you don't want to be house poor. Absolutely. Um, and, and one reason why the market's moving the way it is is because mortgage rates are historically low right now. They've almost dropped a full point from where they were a year ago. So if you're getting a mortgage, I would go for the fixed mortgage because it makes a lot more sense long term. Because if you don't want the fluctuation in the payments when life kind of gets back to normal, that's to think about. The other thing, just if I could give advice to buyers or sellers before they do anything is, do all of your homework. Like, do not step foot in the home until you absolutely know everything that's going on that in that area, what the list versus sale price ratio is, what the months of inventory is, because it is you have to make decisions extremely fast, and you have to be calculated when you make them. All right, Tom, appreciate the time with us on this Friday. Have a safe weekend. You too. Have a great day. All right, Tom's story is with Royal LePage on the Canadian housing market setting a January record up 35% year-to-year. And just a reminder, we got breaking news in this Friday afternoon. It has been confirmed that Toronto and Peel will remain in lockdown until at least March the 9th. A presser coming up just after 2 o'clock with Premier Ford. We, of course, will carry that for you when it happens here on Global News Radio. In the meantime, our friend and financial expert Kelly Keene is back with a brand new book. It's entitled Talk Money to Me. And she joins us now here on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Kelly, good afternoon. Great to be with you, Jeff. Likewise, uh, this book is subtitled How to Save, Spend, and Feel Good About Your Money During COVID. How has COVID, Kelly, has it changed our relationship with our money? Jeff, I think it's changed everything. I mean, you and I have been talking for a long time about emergency savings accounts, about, um, you know, saving, being responsible with your money. And then COVID just threw a stick of dynamite on all of that, like, 
it just, you know, if you lost your job, if you're worried about your job, or if you've just been at home and your spouse has been with you for longer than you ever imagined at one time, and bills are coming in together, and maybe you've really never sat down to talk about them. Uh, I don't have a Canadian stat, but shockingly, 43% of American couples do not know what the other spouse earns. So as you can imagine, if you've been stuck at home for a month or a year together, uh, and all of a sudden money issues are, are you know, forefront and, and talking about what you owe and, and are bringing in or not, um, it's put more stress than ever on an already stressful topic in many households. Sure, and I know that's one of your pieces of advice in the book is to have that quote-unquote tough money talk. And as tough as it is to have that money talk, Kelly, I think it's even tougher like anything else in this life. If you ignore the problem, it only gets worse. Yeah, and so true. And Jeff, I mean, having a money talk is one thing. Like maybe you want to talk about RSPs and things of that sort. That's actually not that hard of a talk to have. It's when it's the lack of money. It's when there isn't that money at the end of the day. Um, you know, a lot of people maybe are even dealing with uh, creditors calling, extending deferrals that they already had. These are really, really hard things to deal with. And, and, and quite frankly, you know, underscoring the point that COVID is not people's fault. And maybe for the first time in their life, they've had to call their, their bank and, and the, you know, CRA, the Canada Revenue Agency, and ask for help and ask for alternatives. But you're right. Doing nothing is the worst possible thing that you can do because, let's say, for example, with your creditors, you remaining silent means that they have to, they have to come up with an idea of what your intentions are. And, and trust me, if you don't make those known, you don't want them forcing their solutions on you. So as hard as it is, you've got to reach out, talk to your creditors. If you can't, then you want to get help from someone like a, a nonprofit credit counselor. Those folks can can help you make the call, but yeah, don't don't do nothing as hard as it is. Yeah, there's a lot of families here in this province, particularly in Toronto and Peel, as I mentioned off the top with this breaking news this afternoon, that uh, small businesses will not be uh, reopening at least for another couple of uh, weeks, so there's going to be some of those tough financial discussions happening, I'm sure, in families, uh, households throughout the uh, GTA again uh, this afternoon and uh, tonight. And one of the things that uh, you've become rather uh, famous for is your anti-budget, and you talk a lot about that uh, in this book, particularly in relation to uh, COVID. What exactly is the anti-budget and how can families use that yeah jeff i i personally don't like budgets i think they're like diets i think that they don't stick and for the people that they do by all means you can tune out for a second or two here some people are fantastic with their spreadsheets but for most of us it's just too much to track it all the time and again if you're going through hard times and with the new you know lockdown and stay-at-home measures my goodness it's, it's so challenging for so many people so what do you do there's only two things that you can do is look at your expenses or your income. So if we look at the expenses, I just want people, and I, I force myself and my husband to do this too every six months, is just track your spending for 30 days. Like track it. You would be shocked at where your money's going. I don't know about you, Jeff, but I'm definitely guilty of um, increasing many, many, many subscriptions in our home <laughs> over COVID. And here's the thing, you know, it's 10 bucks here. It's, it's 11.99 there. You don't think anything about it. And then you sit down and really look at your expenses for 30 days. And my goodness, the, first of all, it's an exercise in awareness. 
So did you realize you're spending that much in these categories? Then what you want to do is multiply it by 12 because retailers are counting on us, not looking at how much it costs us per year. And then you just want to see where can you trim the fat? So it's not about sacrifice. It's about choice and awareness. And every single time we do this, we sit down and see where there's wastage. And in this Talk Money to Me COVID edition, um, every chapter is, is rich with characters and, and specifics about where they went wrong. And in the uh, anti-budget, the COVID anti-budget character, uh, that character was spending a lot of money on weed and booze and, and subscriptions and gambling. I'm not saying that you shouldn't have any fun, but... If you just take what people have been spending on those things during COVID, it's just about $5,000 a year. So if you could even cut that in half, that means, you know, 2500 bucks a year, maybe going into an emergency savings account, paying down on high interest rate debt. Really, at the end of the day, Jeff, it's about do you know where your money's going? Are you wasting it or are you enjoying it? Yeah, but the weed and the booze sounds like so much more fun than an RRSP. But <laughs> so much more fun. Then maybe cut out some subscriptions and gambling. I hear you. We can't sacrifice everything. Listen, I only got about a minute, but before I let you go, what would be your number one piece of advice for people right now? Because we're heading into the last third of a February uh, tax season. Should they be looking at, uh, you know, topping up their RRSPs? Do they need to be looking at maybe tax breaks that they didn't have, uh, you know, in previous years because they've been working from home? Yeah, 100%, Jeff. There are lots of tax breaks for work at home, so make sure you dig into that. I've got it up on my blog or go to Canada.ca. RSPs are great to look at, but remember that money's for retirement. So if you think you're going to take it out, you're going to get a huge tax hit. So maybe be a little cautious going into the RSP. If you stopped your investments last year and you're doing a little bit better, Start again, just 25 bucks a month, 50 bucks a month. It makes a big difference. But yeah, don't run into the RSP unless you know absolutely it is for you. Even with the tax deduction, you don't want to be taking it out. So make sure you've got the emergency savings account first. All right. Great advice as always. Talk money to me. The COVID edition is available now from Kelly Keene. Kelly, appreciate it as always. Great to talk. Oh, you too. Thanks, Jeff. Have a great weekend. Yeah, you as well. Kelly Keene with us. In the breaking news in this Friday afternoon, the stay-at-home order, the lockdown extended for Toronto, Peel, in North Bay for two more weeks. It will last till at least March the 9th. Here was the Premier, Doug Ford, just moments ago. My friends, I've said from day one, nothing, and I mean nothing, is more important right now than keeping you and your loved ones safe. That's why I've been unwavering when it comes to supporting our local health officials. Dr. Davila, Dr. Lowe, they're on the ground. And it's my responsibility to support them, to support our municipal partners. So when they ask for more time, when Mayor Tory asks for more time as Premier, I will listen. All right, businesses, restaurants remain shut down. Let's get reaction, and let's start with a Paul Bogner. He's the CEO of Surcorp, which, of course, runs restaurants such as Jack Astor's. And he joins us here now on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Paul, been a while. Nice to speak with you again. Hi, Jeff. Thanks uh, for having me. All right. Lockdown remains in place for at least a couple of more weeks. Uh, your reaction? Well, you know, Jeff, this one's uh, this one's confusing. We've been back and forth a hundred times uh, trying to get a hold of, of the officials. Um, you, you know, there's between Peel, Toronto, um, I don't know, five or six million people 
Um, if they think for a minute that those people aren't going to hop in their car and drive out to um, all the other regions, you know, they're, they're kidding themselves. So I, I'm personally a little disappointed. I, I think we should have had um, just very safe, restricted distancing rules, but um, I think you're just going to move the problem from one area to the other, and consequently, uh, Toronto and Peel are going to reinfect, if that's the issue, they're going to reinfect everywhere else, and we're going to be back to a provincial lockdown. All right, let me ask you about uh, the clip we just ran from the Premier there that said he uh, listened to uh, Dr. Davila, other medical officials. He'll always take the advice of the health table. Do you feel as if he really listened to business, business owners, small business, uh, restaurants, restaurant corporations such as yours? Um, well, I, I, I'll be honest with you, Jeff. I personally have reached out to every level of the provincial and federal governments, um, and, and I can't get a call back. So I get a text or an email saying, we're all too busy to hear you. Um, but but i getting to the point where I don't believe um, they're concerned. And, and the best example I can give you quickly is this 10-guest restriction. So I was in a coffee shop yesterday in Burlington that had 10 seats. All 10 seats were full. I have restaurants that have no less than 250 seats, and I'm allowed 10 guests. So I, I struggle to understand the common sense that anyone is using. I'm going to ask you, too, about this uh, phrase that we heard from the health minister during the uh, press conference we just ran. Uh, she said that we are not reopening, reopening the province, but we are gradually transitioning into the framework. As somebody who's reached out to the government, who runs several restaurants, uh, restaurant chains, and uh, a business, do, do you understand that? Do you have your head around that? Uh, I'm, you know, puzzled. Um, I, I, I think there's a lot of um, phraseology, if you will, being used. I, I think they keep referring to um, methods that they have, but, but, but I just don't believe there's any concrete logic behind it, and, and nor do they consult with any of us? So I have invited um, numerous members of the provincial party to come to any one of our restaurants so I can show them um, how I would believe we should do this and, and by providing utmost in safety, uh, personal protection equipment, screening, guest separation, plexiglass walls. I mean, we, we, we'd be happy to demonstrate to anybody. Um, and, and I really think... The problem is not with restaurants who are doing this. The problem is with the small little guy that has 14, 20, 10 seats that's allowed to jam people in there to use those 10 seats and has not invested in um, the same level we have or, or many of my, uh, my peers in this industry have. So um, it, it's just very confusing. Yeah, let me ask you about talking with your peers in the industry, uh, Paul. This announcement uh, here this afternoon that uh, Toronto, Peel, and also up in uh, North Bay, they'll remain locked down, stay at home for at least two more weeks. And the phraseology is interesting, till at least March the 9th. So maybe it could be extended even further. Who knows? Just how much of a blow, just how crushing is this for the restaurant restaurant industry that's been through so much already? Oh, this is, it's devastating. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's particularly devastating for the larger operators. So the multi-unit privately held companies, I mean, tons of names, aside from any of our Circor properties, you know, you've, you've got the Moxies, the Earls, the Joeys, the, the Chop, Cactus Club, um, Firkin Group, who are all not getting, just like we're not getting, um, a level of government support financially. 
Um, all we've got left is to try and utilize our properties. And, um, you know, I think the level of frustration amongst this group is, is it, it's the highest I've ever seen it. I mean, it, it's just absolutely frustrating, and, uh, and yet it continues. All right, just finally, uh, Paul, uh, I know Mayor Tory uh, indicated this uh, yesterday in his remarks, is maybe the silver lining, particularly for your industry, is that uh, the lockdown remains a little longer. Uh, we're unsure about these variants. We make sure those numbers are down so that uh, we can have a really good patio season, Well, you know, when patios can open up again in another, I don't know, month and a half, two months. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I honestly, I, I what we're going to do on the patios, um, Obviously, with what we are doing today or, or would like to do in the restaurants, we will maintain a very safe environment. We'll provide proper distancing. We'll provide uh, um, everything we need to do. So, yeah, the patio business will certainly help. We're, we're all looking forward to that. Um, you know, speculation, or at least the back room that we're hearing, is if, uh, if uh, Eileen Davila has her way, we're not going to open until May. So, um, she's she's made that comment, and um, you know we're all fearful that we may not even get an early jump on the patio. So um, I, I think there's a lot of uh, pessimism amongst uh, restaurant tours, certainly in the city of Toronto and Peel region. Paul Bogner, CEO of Surcorp. Paul, appreciate the conversation as always. Thanks for jumping on this afternoon. Thanks, Jeff. Stay safe. You as well. As we get out to the roads, we'll get the uh, word from the Ontario Chamber of Commerce. The CEO, Rocco Rossi, is standing by. We'll talk to him about this uh, breaking news that Toronto and small business remains in lockdown. Toronto and Peel regions coming up. I think the level of frustration amongst this group is, is it, it's the highest I've ever seen it. I mean, it, it's just absolutely frustrating, and, uh, and yet it continues. All right, there's Paul Bogner, head of Sir Corp. He runs restaurants such as Jack Astor's just moments ago here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto, reacting to the breaking news that the lockdown, the stay-at-home order, will remain in Toronto and Peel Region along with North Bay until at least March the 9th. Rocco Rossi is the head of the Ontario Chamber of Commerce, and he joins us now for more here on Global News Radio. Rocco, good afternoon. Your reaction? Uh, hi, Jeff. Thanks for shining a light on this. It's beyond frustrating. It's it's devastating for the businesses in uh, in these regions. And we understand that um, it was always going to be a sort of a regional rollout, and you've got to reflect the data. But unfortunately, for the last, um, you know, well over a week, even a couple of weeks, we've had this, this public debate on TV from the different uh, you know, public officers of health that it shouldn't, you know, that the, that the lockdown needed to stay. And I understand that there are, are d- debates because they're not working with complete information. We're not tracking and tracing all the cases. So people are making the, the best, the best guesses to keep public health uh, at, 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 uh, at the height and at top priority. But those debates need to happen around a table uh, in a room without a camera, and then we need to hear a single voice. Uh, we need to hear clarity around when and where. You can't ask people to open and close the economy like it's on a light switch. It's a it's a dimmer switch. You've got to bring people back. You've got to uh, order inventory. You've got to do deep cleaning. You've got to incur costs and spend money that, quite frankly, most of these businesses don't have. 
have to borrow. So clarity, consistency, and please, we've, we've been doing a great job up to now of, of being in this together, of collaborating and cooperating, and, and we can't afford this tearing at the seams because that, that debate then leads to confidence being crushed. And people say, well, it's actually then it's not science. It's, it's one scientist's opinion against another scientist's opinion, one doctor opinion, and, and that's not helpful. Let me ask you, when it comes to uh, clarity, do business owners deserve some clarity as to when eventually they'll be allowed to uh, reopen? Uh, because it's kind of interesting, uh, the vernacular in the press release from the uh, government that the stay-at-home order has been extended to at least March the 9th, indicating, I think, to me and to some others that it possibly could go on even further. For sure. And it's it's not even so much a, a date. Help us to understand, then, what the figures or road of rate of growth or rate of decline is required because we understand it's, you know, it's a crystal ball to pick that date. But if, you know, if it's at a thousand cases, was that okay or not? Uh, Like there is that lack of clarity. And we do understand, we do appreciate that we, we want the second lockdown to be the last lockdown. We want this reopening to stick and be there through to mass vaccination, which is the only, you know, real way to to bring that risk down close to zero. So what are the additional measures, investments that have been put in place so that this reopening will be different than the last one? We'd like to see the government commit to more on testing, more in rapid testing, more in tracking and tracing, And then that clarity to tell people, look, you start seeing the numbers heading down towards this. You don't know the precise day, but at least then I can plan so I can have some milestones to to make those decisions. Otherwise, uh, I'm flying blind and I don't have the resources of government. I can't, you know, borrow, you know, a gajillion dollars. So if you're going to do that, and particularly if you're going to do that and extend my time lockdown through no fault of my own, where are the supports as well, mm. right? What what special are we going to do for those businesses who are going to be hit harder, longer than other groups? Because I think for the small business owner of Rocco, it feels as if the goalposts keep moving because we heard a few weeks ago a 1,000 was sort of the threshold. Now, we're a, a little bit above that uh, today, but we've been below that and in and around that for at least a, a good week. And do you think that the government has done a good enough job, never mind with clarity, but also working with the small business on what they need to do to be ready when that number, that metric gets hit or the date gets hit to uh, reopen, that uh, they're ready to go when it comes to things like rapid testing, uh, PPE, the uh, amount of distancing for customers, how many people you can have in your place of business, that sort of thing? We need to do more. Uh, as I said before, we've got to be sure that the steps that we have in place are more than what we had before. Because make no mistake, the second lockdown is evidence that the tools we were using before were insufficient to keep the numbers from going up. And now we have more virulent variants. I understand that caution. I understand that concern. And so what are we doing? Some of the things that we've done, which are very positive, we're now doing the testing at the at the airports. That's a great start. We need testing more uh, extensively in the economy. We also have now uh, vaccinated 
most of those in long-term care and starting uh, in the in the older population, the most at risk, that will make things different because that in and of itself, because of the preponderance of hospitalizations and deaths in particular that are from that segment, that will make the next reopening uh, different in terms of bringing it down. But but we need those additional steps, that additional clarity um, and consistency so that when, when the health authorities speak, they are speaking with one voice. We know you're not going to treat Toronto in exactly the same way as Timmins. Get that, understand more cases here, less there. But in fact, in some of these smaller communities, they may have fewer cases, but they also have less capacity. If there's an outbreak, they can't manage it, and that's why North Bay is also in this in this mix because of of that um, that exact situation. You've got an outbreak of the variant, and you have relatively limited capacity compared to a bigger city. So I get that, but let's be clear, and 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 let's have the debates. Let's have the debates between the doctors behind doors, and then when they come out, they're giving us one voice because. This is also a lot about confidence. You know, I, I, you know me, I'm always, you know, stay positive, test negative. Mm-hmm. Staying positive requires us to see that consistent measure so that we can have confidence and stay positive because we need to be. We have a light at the end of the tunnel. We've now got these vaccines faster than anyone would have predicted in terms of developed. Now we've got to get them delivered. Sure. Rocco, let me ask you, I only got about 30 seconds, but when it comes to confidence, where is it at when it comes to small business uh, with the government? At an all-time low, do you think? All-time low. We, we, we've surveyed that uh, in December, and it's only gotten worse. All right. I got to leave it there. Rocco Rossi with the Ontario Chamber of Commerce. Rocco, appreciate it as always. Have a safe weekend. Thank you, sir. Stay positive and test negative regardless. You bet.